It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter. At Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by uh, our handicapper, professional handicapper, James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter, at Spread Investor. He'll give us in- his insights into Friday's games as the first round of the NCAA tournament continues. Uh, as I mentioned, just one game on the NBA scoreboard here on Thursday it was the Pistons over the Magic, winning outright as a three-point dog. And so that means 12-0-1 against the spread in their last 13 games, or 13-0 ATS if you happen to get four and a half when they played against the Clippers. Here's the schedule coming up on Friday. You got the 76ers against the Mavericks, and Philly is a three-point favorite at home. The Nets are laying 14 at home against the Blazers. Nuggets, two and a half on the road in Cleveland. The Knicks are five and a half point favorites at home against the Wizards. Toronto, nine-point favorites at home against the Lakers. Memphis, five-point favorites in Atlanta. Miami is laying 16 at home against the Thunder. You got the Pacers, three-point favorites against the Rockets in Houston. Uh, Spurs, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Pelicans. Jazz, six-point favorites at home against the Clippers. Celtics are nine-point favorites in Sacramento. And the Suns, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Bulls. First glance, uh, I mentioned it already, but I'm going to be on the Knicks laying the five at home. This is a Knicks team that is playing tough basketball as of late. They really are. They have covered seven straight games now, and uh, it started in the game against the Phoenix Suns that they lost on the Cam Johnson bank shot three-pointer buzzer beater. They lost by one in Phoenix. Then they win three straight on the road, all as underdogs against the Clippers, Kings, and Mavericks. Then a four-point loss in Memphis to the Grizzlies, a three-point loss in Brooklyn to the Nets before winning and winning big at home against the Blazers. The Knicks were 12-point favorites, 12-and-a-half-point favorites, and I said, who wants to lay 12-and-a-half with the Knicks? But, hey, Portland's really, really bad. So they won by 30, and now they welcome in the Wizards. And Washington has not had a good season. They are on the outside looking in along with the Knicks, 
uh, in terms of the play-in situation. The Wizards have lost five straight games. So, I'm going to the well with a Knicks team that has covered seven straight against a Wizards team that has lost five straight. If I lose this game, so be it. But there's only one side to be on, and it's the Knicks against the Wizards. Elsewhere, you got to look at the Raptors against the Lakers. The Lakers are in shambles. These two teams played just a couple of days ago in L.A. Toronto won by 11 points, 114-103. And they were actually up by a lot more than that. Uh, They went into the first half break. They were up by were they up by by twenty one? They were up by eighteen points at the half against the Lakers. Wound up winning by eleven. So uh, I like Toronto at home against the Lakers team that has lost three straight games. In fact, it's got to be now sixteen or seventeen losses out of their last twenty three games. So the Lakers. When this losing streak started, and I say streak, just, you know, they won four straight games. And then on January 9th, they lost to Memphis. So on January 7th, they were 21-19. and Fast forward now, they're 29-40. and So since January, uh, excuse me, since January 7th, This team has won eight games, and they have lost 21 games. They're 8-21 and since January 7th. You want to go down even further? They've lost 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of their last 16 games. They're 4-12 and 12 in their last 16. I'm sorry, but this is just a bad basketball team right now. And I've said it a thousand times, but it bears repeating. The Lakers are lucky. They are lucky to still be in the play-in situation. New Orleans certainly done favors for the Lakers by having a bad stretch. The Spurs haven't done much. They've only won three of their last 10. And the the Blazers are just terrible. And so the Lakers are still sitting here as the nine seed in the Western Conference. So they're, they would host a play-in game if the season ended today. Which is amazing. They're one game up on the Pelicans for the 10th seed. Meaning, you know, the nine seed will host the game. So... The game's either going to be in New Orleans or it's either going to be in L.A. Or maybe the Spurs, if they go on a winning streak, they can win some games and we'll see somebody else slip into that play-in mode. But the Raptors, you got to look at them. Uh, they're laying nine points at home. I'd look to Toronto in the first half is what I'd look to uh, in that game. And same thing with the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are laying 13 and a half against Portland. I know that it's at home with no Kyrie Irving, but... This is a team that just played against the Dallas Mavericks at home without Kyrie Irving. And if not for a Dinwiddie buzzer beater, the Nets win that game. So Kevin Durant's more than capable 
of leading them to a big victory here over the Blazers. The Blazers are not trying right now. They are in full tank mode, as evidenced by their 30-point loss to the New York Knicks. This Nets team, even without Kyrie Irving, should win this game by 20-plus. They really should. Nets will dominate. They'll go into the half with a 20-point lead. And then they'll win the game by 27 points. Something like that. Uh, Thunder Heat, 15-point spread. You already know where I'm leaning. The Oklahoma City Thunder, the second-best team in the NBA against the spread, catching 15 points. Yes, the Heat are the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Yes, the Heat deserve to be this heavily favored at home. No, the Heat are not going to lose this game outright. But OKC just continues to cover spreads. And the last time we saw this team play, it was in San Antonio. They were double-digit favorites to the Spurs. Double-digit, excuse me, dogs to the Spurs. And that spread made me laugh. How did this team, first of all, how did the Spurs deserve to be double-digit favorites over anybody? But then you look at the Thunder, second-best team in the league against the number, gladly take the double digits. Now they're getting 15 against the Miami Heat. Uh, elsewhere, you got see uh, Celtics at the Kings. Uh, Boston should cruise to a victory. I say should because this does seem like a spot where we would see like the Kings uh, play them tight. Bulls. Chicago's been on a uh, a slump. They have not looked like the team that they have that, that they were earlier this season. They've lost two straight, but more importantly than losing two straight, or uh, they've lost um, seven of their last nine games. So it's been not a been not it has not been a good run for the Chicago Bulls. Meanwhile, the Suns, Devin Booker back, and look at them. They've won three straight games, uh, and you know relatively relative ease that they have won these several games. Uh, taking a look now at where we are with the remaining games um, in the NBA. There are, let's see, about 13 games left, 14. Uh, I guess Philadelphia has the most left, and Washington have 14, but most teams have 13 or 12 games left. The Bulls have the hardest schedule remaining in the NBA and for their final 13 games. Taking a look at the standings in the Eastern Conference, Chicago just two games up on the Cavs now for the five spot. I think they'll probably settle into that five spot unless Toronto starts to make a run. And I do think that Toronto is capable of making a little bit of a run here because they've been playing some decent basketball. So if Toronto can make a run, they'll move out of the seventh seed, maybe into the six or the five. And Cleveland, if they continue to struggle, they'll drop off. Toronto has won five straight games, seven of their last ten. Meanwhile, Cleveland, uh, coming off a loss, they've lost four. They've uh, lost uh, six of their last ten games. And then the battle for the uh, one seed, Miami, still has a two-game lead over Milwaukee. Milwaukee just one game up on Philadelphia, and uh, the Celtics are a game back of Philly as well. Over in the West, Memphis is still the two seed. They are a game up on the Warriors, and that's the only race there. Uh, the 4-5 is going to be very interesting because the Jazz and the Mavericks are tied with identical 43 and 26 records. So they're playing for home seat, for home 
advantage in that 4-5 matchup. Who will be home? Will it be the Jazz or will it be the Mavericks? I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get back. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Into the brackets, talk about the second day of the first round of the NCAA tournament here on Friday. James Alberino, who you follow on Twitter, at Spread Investor, will join me coming up next. Uh, nice uh, day for James here, hitting on uh, Tennessee, hitting on Akron, and Murray State as well. We'll see what he has in store for us coming up on Friday's slate of games. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the Cinderella's like St. Peter's. Sign up today and get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament, April 5th, for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. 
Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Joining us now is James Alberino, who you follow on Twitter, at Spread Investor. And James, what did you notice about the underdogs that were able to either cover or win outright here in Thursday's first round action? Well, the St. Peter's Kentucky game was probably the most surprising game of the day. And that game, Kentucky just, they were forced to really play a lot of St. Peter's play, uh, pace. And St. Peter's was able to really limit the number of looks, uh, good looks that Kentucky had from three. Um, really, they were just able to make the game ugly. And I think that's uh, big in, in a lot of these games that you see. Uh, a big favorite going down. It's, you know, usually the, the, the dog is really mucking the game up um, and, and extending the shot clock late. So uh, a couple of games like that. Akron was another team that made the, the game ugly. They weren't able to win it outright, but they, they had a, a good cover. Yeah, absolutely a good cover. Taking a look at the teams that were able to pull the upset, like a New Mexico State, uh, Michigan, even though they were the favorite, they're still an upset by the seed. Uh, Richmond, and then, yes, St. Peter's. Uh, amongst those teams, James, who do you think is uh, in the best situation to have success in their next game? Um, uh, you got Richmond against Providence, and that's a low think, spread, which uh, is the same thing I that we saw here against San Diego State. Yeah, I think Richmond's in a, in a little bit of a tough spot. I think they, um, I think they're probably on too much of a high after the way that they celebrated and ended that game. Um, I, I think Michigan's going to walk into a tough spot too because Tennessee is really hot. I, you know, I, I don't know if any, to be honest, is mm. in a great spot. Um, you know, with with, with the second round. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I mean, the lowest spread is going to be that Richmond Providence game, but it could just be. You know, same thing as we saw here with South Dakota State, as I mentioned, a little bit of disrespect here on Providence. Uh, and then, you know, New Mexico State against Arkansas, maybe people might be looking at because a lot of people faded Arkansas here against Vermont, James. Yeah, actually, New Mexico State looked really good. Teddy Allen looked really good. And, and Arkansas got pushed to the limit by Vermont. That That's actually a team that's probably in a really good spot. Um, as long as they didn't celebrate that went over. <laughs> Kelly Allen was flexing. Teddy Allen was going crazy at that game. So I don't know, but they, they're dangerous. Yep. Let's take a look at the Friday slate here. The action gets started 12:15 Eastern time. Loyola and Ohio State in a pick'em game. Who do you like in this matchup? I'll lean in Loyola. Ohio State finished a tough skid. One and four. Uh, one and four. Their last five. They struggled against Penn State. Their defense has holes. They really, they really didn't finish the, the season anywhere near the way that they started. They, they've got injuries, a um, couple of game time decisions uh, with Keaton Young. So I, I think Loyola with a good defense, the way that they played in the conference tournament, they held Northern Iowa to 43 points, the championship game. Um, I think Loyola's in a good spot. We've seen travel have an impact on these teams. I mean, look at what it did to Indiana as they had no legs in their game against St. Mary's. Notre Dame had to play into double overtime against Rutgers and then travel from Dayton to San Diego to now take on Alabama. Is this a bad spot for the Irish? Yeah, that's tough. It's really tough. First off, it, I still can't understand why 
the NCAA has these games on a Tuesday, force these teams to travel cross country in a one day stretch. And, you know, a lot of people, when they look at this or, or hear these situations, they don't think much of it. And, oh, well, they, they travel in, in, you know, uh, um, they travel well and, and it's not that big of a deal. But the reality of it is, if you're in the air for a couple hours, that's a couple hours less of you being on time to get in early for to rest for practice for the next day. It's just not necessary for them to be flying. I think it is a tough spot. Um, Indiana got killed today playing St. Mary's. If they didn't have to deal with traveling cross country, is that game a 29-point game? Most likely not. So um, it's just really tough to bet on these teams traveling in, in this short time span. What do you make of Virginia Tech against Texas? Uh, Vatek, a team that went on a run there in the ACC tournament. Is that a fade potential, or are you backing them because they're hot or fading them because of maybe having not a lot of legs after that run? Yeah, I mean, I'm not betting Texas. Hmm. Texas didn't give you many reasons to feel confident in them. Um, I, I think Virginia Tech does have the pieces to – to keep going, um, how well they handled the, the ACC run is key, but um, I think they're a pretty mature team. And in that game, it'd be Virginia Tech or pass. I don't see how you take Texas. Let's talk about a couple of trendy dogs here. Chattanooga against Illinois. It seems like everybody's on the mocks. Yeah, the way that they end, I don't love that you know, such a big three, such a great shot that they hit to win the conference tournament. It's such a high to come off of. I don't personally love it. I'm probably staying away from this game because I don't want to lay eight points, but I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois covers. What about Colgate catching seven and a half now against Wisconsin, another trendy dog? Yeah, you know, a lot of people on Colgate, and it's a lot to do with Johnny Davis's status. He's not 100%. I personally don't love Colgate. I, I, I don't think that they're. I don't think that they're really, really a, a very good team. I think a lot of people are betting this just more as a fade on Wisconsin. Um, they beat Syracuse, which doesn't look that good now, and you know they struggled in a lot of other games. So I, I don't know if Davis not being 100 percent is enough for me to alone to just play Colgate. What game do you have circled, or what games do you have circled here for Friday? Uh, well, Loyola's we talked about. I'm looking at Davidson. Mm. Uh, I think Davidson plus one. Um, you know, Michigan State stumbled towards the end, uh, and if Davidson's shooting the ball like they've been shooting, probably going to be tough for Michigan State to keep up. And then getting ahead on Saturday's games, I'm looking at Tennessee. I might lay it uh, open to five and a half. It's at six versus Michigan. Tennessee's just playing at a really high level. Tennessee winning a lot of games with margin. They they took care of Kentucky good last week. Um, I'm keeping an eye on North Carolina, too, plus five and a half. They looked really good versus Marquette. They've been look, looking good the last couple of weeks, and Baylor's not 100%. That's a key game. If you're looking at the top seeds here for Friday, I'm not going to ask you who's going to lose, like uh, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's, to, or if any of them are going to lose. But Auburn laying 15.5 against Jacksonville State, Texas Tech laying 15 against Montana State, Purdue 16.5 
over Yale. Villanova, 15.5 over Delaware. Duke, 18.5 over Cal State Fullerton. And Arizona, 21.5 over Wright State. Of those big point spreads, which one uh, is just uh, doesn't doesn't sit right with you giving up that many points? I wouldn't lay 15, 15 and a half with Auburn. Auburn away from home this year, they didn't have that many wins since January. They struggled in the SEC tournament last week. So they're not coming into this game with momentum. Jacksonville State is pretty big. They're athletic. Um, I, I don't know how much Jacksonville State has in them to to take Auburn for the full 40 minutes, but um, th- there's there's not a shot. I'm laying 15 points comfortably with Auburn, and uh, anyone who's got money on Auburn tomorrow should probably be be nervous with the ticket. To be honest, would you consider Jacksonville State in the first half? Uh, I don't. I don't really like. I wouldn't split that, honestly. I would just play it the full game. Okay. Okay. Interesting stuff. I mean, it makes sense. Yes, to play the first half, yes. But um, I just – I don't see Auburn really shooting well enough to to pull away. So, I, I, just, I just think the 15 points are valuable. All right, James, appreciate the time. Good luck on the bets and enjoy the games on Friday. Absolutely, man. Thanks, Scott. He's James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. Uh, good plays here on Thursday with uh, Akron, uh, Murray State, and laying it with Tennessee. Would not recommend laying it with a team like Auburn. And uh, he likes Loyola against Ohio State and possibly Davidson against Michigan State. We'll continue to take a look at these games, plus an early look at Saturday's Round 2 action. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the College Hoops action for free with the March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of $30,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC March Mania now to play free for your cut of the cash. KFC, it's finger looking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's take a look at round two, or an early look at round two of the NCAA tournament on Saturday, which will feature the teams that won here today on Thursday. Here we have in the East region, it's the eighth seed North Carolina Tar Heels against the number one seed Baylor. Baylor is a five and a half point favorite, and I'll be honest with you, I like North Carolina. I think that it, yes, Baylor was impressive in their first game, but let's also understand that they were playing against Norfolk State, right? Everyone seemed to widely agree, and if you looked at the odds on DraftKings, that Baylor was going to be the first number one seed to bow out of this tournament. And whether it's now in the second round here to North Carolina, and this is not an easy matchup, or should they get to the Sweet 16 and have to face off against potentially a UCLA I don't think Baylor is long for this tournament. North Carolina was a team that I was unsure about here in round one. 
the way that they lost in the ACC tournament was contradicting, contradictory to the way that they had looked towards the end of the season and especially in the game against Duke, right? But this team looked great in their game against Marquette. And going up against Baylor, I absolutely think that they're live dogs. I think that they get up for a game like this. Baylor is not 100% healthy. And I think North Carolina is going to be a very live dog in this matchup, getting the five and a half. The next uh, game is going to be the number nine seed in the Midwest, Creighton, against the number one seed, Kansas. Uh, don't have a line on this one just yet. Let me see if anything has been updated. Mm, okay, Kansas laying nine and a half. Yeah, i probably go Kansas laying the nine and a half. Creighton uh, had some injuries here in their first game. Creighton had to play in a barn burner type of game here. Uh, and whenever that happens, I always fade the team in their next game. They played into overtime here against San Diego State. I think Kansas coming off this huge win. They got to rest some guys down the stretch. They're going to run Creighton out of the gym there in Fort Worth. Michigan against Tennessee. The 11th seed Wolverines against the three seed Vols in the South region. Tennessee laying six. I know Dan Leach came on earlier and talked about how Michigan is a team that could have lost in the first round or could make a run to the Final Four. I'm not in love with this Michigan team. This is still a Michigan team that I don't want to say backed into the NCAA tournament, but if their name was not Michigan, I don't know if they would have been in this tournament. I don't know if they wouldn't have been in the first four in Dayton. Uh, but Michigan got in. They won a couple of games at the end of the regular season with their head coach suspended. And a good, tough game in the first round of the tournament. Now they run into a Tennessee squad that is, that they might be the hottest team in the country right now. I mean, that's how well that they're playing. Uh, they are just running through opponents. You know, looking at their, their run through the uh, Big 12, uh, the, the uh, SEC tournament, you know, going through Mississippi State, the win against Kentucky, the 15-point win against AM, the way that they have played this year against Kentucky, beating them in the regular season as well. Uh, and I just, there's a lot to like. This is a team that beat Arizona earlier in the year. They beat North Carolina earlier in the year. Um, I just like Tennessee, and I'm going to be riding the hot hand here with them against Michigan, uh, laying the six points. Richmond against Providence. Is Richmond live here? Providence is a three-point favorite in this game. That is just, so, it's just Providence out of the Big East. The Big East regular season champs. They go into the NCAA tournament. Yes, they got blown out in the Big East tournament. But here they are in the big dance, in the first round, as a four seed going up against a 13. And they're a two-point favorite. And everyone is picking against them. Everyone. And what did they do? Not only did they win, they covered. Now they get Richmond, who pulled off an upset over Iowa, and now the Spiders 
have to take on Providence, and Providence is only laying three. I think that this is where the run ends for Richmond. Could they have a Cinderella run to the Sweet 16? Possibly. Yes, it could happen. But I think that I learned my lesson going against Providence in this first round here. And it's to not disrespect the Power 5 team that has gone through the rigor of playing the competition that they played in that conference. And so, yeah, I'm going with Providence to beat Richmond and cover the three. UCLA-St. Mary's is going to be a great matchup. UCLA is laying three. And I think that both of these teams sense an opportunity. With Kentucky losing, this bracket, this region is wide open. Baylor's the number one seed. However, they could very easily lose to North Carolina. And even if they don't lose to North Carolina, I think it'll be a a tough game for them so that when they do play against the winner of St. Mary's UCLA, that's going to be a tough game as well. And the more you just grind down a team throughout this tournament, the more likely they are to lose. This, to me, for UCLA, feels like, you know, the situation, you know, you see it a lot. They just escaped a narrow victory. They almost got upset. Well, now now they're about to roll. It's like that was their one bad performance. They still got the win. Now they're about to go on a run here. I got UCLA going to my championship game. If you look on my Twitter page, at Scott's On Air, I did put my bracket out there. Um, I didn't even grade myself here in the first day. So, I wonder how badly I did. I know I lost a bunch of games. But I got UCLA in my national championship game. In fact, I'll pin that tweet right now. So, uh, if you go to my page, you can see my bracket. You'll see it's UCLA in the championship game. I think this is where their run starts. UCLA going to beat St. Mary's, then UCLA going to beat Baylor or North Carolina. This is the team that is, uh, and and this is not, no disrespect to St. Mary's because they're a very good squad. But now it's West Coast basketball against West Coast basketball. Not West Coast basketball against Big Ten basketball. Stylistic mismatch just like it was a stylistic mismatch with UCLA and Akron. Now you got a stylistic match. UCLA will win this game. St. Peter's against Murray State. Wow. What can you say? Does does the Cinderella run continue here for the Peacocks? They look great against Kentucky. They took Kentucky out of their game. Can they do the same to a Murray State team that had to escape with an overtime win over San Francisco. I watched Murray State. They had their star player come down with cramps. They were working on him on the sideline. I think that might be an issue. Although St. Peter's will slow you down, uh, eight points Murray State is laying. Could this be, you know, could St. Peter's just have celebrated their championship by beating Kentucky? And that's it. And now they don't have their eyes on the prize, which is 
going in to uh, win another game. I will say this. Oral Roberts last season, after they beat um, Ohio State as the 15th seed, the following game, Oral Roberts defeated Florida in the second round. And going back to 2013, when Florida Gulf Coast won as a 15 seed, they also won their second game in the second round against San Diego State. So history bodes well for St. Peter's against Murray State. We'll take a look at New Mexico State, Arkansas, and Memphis Gonzaga coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. As we continue to break down the brackets, we have round one continuing on Friday. And then we're taking an early look here at round two on Saturday. Right here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Play free hoops for a share of $20,000 this March with the March Hoops series presented by Five Hour Energy. Fire up your lineups in four free to play contests and compete for your share of $5,000 per contest. Head to DraftKings.com slash Five Hour Energy now to join the action. Five Hour Energy. Fire up your lineup. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's continue breaking down the second round games that we have on Saturday. We'll go to New Mexico State and Arkansas. New Mexico. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chicago State looked really good in their matchup here against UConn, and I think that they are in a really good position to pull off another upset and go to the Sweet 16 as a double-digit seed. Arkansas was in a battle with Vermont, and they did not cover against the Catamounts. I think New Mexico State's ability to uh, break you down inside, to rebound the basketball, to play defense, is going to be a stylistic mismatch for Arkansas. And I like New Mexico State, not just to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread, but to beat Arkansas outright and go to the Sweet 16. You know, Arkansas was a team that a lot of people were betting against here. Vermont was the team that everyone was on, and some people had sprinkled on the money line, but Vermont plus the points was a team that kind of fit the mold and and matched up well with Arkansas. And so I do think that uh, I'm going to continue to fade Arkansas and go with New Mexico State and back them as I was very impressed with the way that they handled UConn and picked up the big victory. Let's take a look at the final game on Saturday evening. Number one, Gonzaga against number nine, Memphis. Gonzaga struggled in their first game here, especially in the first half against Georgia State and then into the second half. But it was a ridiculous run that they went on in the second half to pull away but not get the cover. They went on a 24-1 to run. They were covering, and then and then uh, Georgia State won the covering. Gonzaga went on a 24-1 to run, which turned a four-point game into a blowout. Drew Timmy scored 22 of his 32 points in the second half. You got to imagine that Gonzaga is not going to, or Mark Few is not going to allow his team to have a bad first half like they did in this game. And as much as I do like Memphis, they only have one point guard. It's something that we've brought up before here on the show, and they were even bringing it up on the broadcast. And against the Gonzaga team that likes to get out and run against you, not having that backup point guard is going to wind up hurting Memphis. I think talent-wise, Memphis has enough to hang with Gonzaga, but eventually at the end, I think the Zags will pull away from them. Gonzaga is a 10.5-point favorite. I would lay it with the Zags. I think they do uh, pull away. I talked about this um, last night on the show. Um, Evan... Miyakawa does a good job of college basketball analytics. And he talked about uh, on his Twitter page and on his website, teams that go on runs. Okay. Dominant teams that go on runs. The teams that go on the most 10-0 runs throughout the course of a game win their games 
82% of the time. Gonzaga is the most dominant team in the nation in going on 10-0 scoring runs. And you saw it here in this game. They won on a 24-1 run. The next best team in the nation in going on a run is Arizona. Meanwhile, the teams that give up the runs, the teams that um, give up more runs than they produce, Wisconsin, who everyone seems to like to fade here against Colgate, Yale, who is going to get run out of the gym by Purdue, TCU, and they are certainly a team that gives up a bunch of runs. Um and we'll see if Seton Hall can take advantage of them there. There are streaky teams. And what does a streaky team mean? A streaky team means that they go on a lot of 10-0 runs, but they also give up a bunch of 10-0 runs. They're a streaky team. Tennessee leads towards the streakiness in a good way. Miami, Bryant, Illinois, they lead towards the streakiness in a bad way. The least streaky teams in the country, the ones that don't go on really any runs and the ones that don't give up really any runs, those are, no surprise, near Michigan's, Ohio State's, uh, UConn, San Diego State, Boise State, Chattanooga, uh, St. Peter's, uh, Wyoming, Akron, those are kind of the teams that are the least streaky teams in this tournament. And, hey, we saw uh, Boise State and San Diego State play tight games. They lost, but they played tight games. Michigan wins. UConn loses. Uh, Chattanooga is a team that everyone's going to be on the lookout for here. And St. Peter's was able to not allow Kentucky to ever go on that run. And how many of us were waiting for it? How many of us were waiting for that run to happen? I was. I had a live bet on Kentucky. I think we all just assumed going into the second half that much like, look at Gonzaga. Gonzaga, going into the second half, it just seemed like a gift to take Gonzaga second half because you just knew that they were going to go on a run. And I think, again, for Kentucky, everyone was just waiting for them to go on the run, but they never did. And maybe that's uh, this graphic here is an interesting indicator of why, because St. Peter's is one of the least streaky teams in this tournament. Their games are not decided on runs. Other strong teams that are always dangerous and they win games on big runs, Duke, Texas Tech, Loyola, UAB, These are all teams to maybe look out for here as teams that could make potential runs and win their games, like Texas Tech playing against Montana, Purdue against Yale, Villanova against Delaware, Duke against Cal State Fullerton. That's what you're going to need, and Arizona against Wright State. I mean, this is what you're going to need in order to go on these runs. Speaking of Wright State, where are they? Where's Wright State? They should be in this... Wanted to see where they were. Okay, they're right in the middle, meaning they don't allow a ton of runs. Uh, they don't go on a ton of runs themselves. They're not the least streaky teams, 
but they're right in the middle of the pack there. And teams that are in the middle of the pack, kind of uh, Kansas, Creighton, Memphis, Notre Dame, St. Mary's, San Francisco, Davidson. Uh, these are the teams, Arkansas, that are in the middle of the pack there with a team like Wright State. But Arizona, Gonzaga, and Houston are the most dominant teams in terms of runs. They go on way more runs than their opponents. This is according to Evan Miyakawa, who does a really good job, uh, evanmia.com, of breaking down college basketball analytics. I found that really uh, important to see when looking at the teams that go on uh, runs. And those are the teams that we like to back here moving forward. So taking a look at the games here on Friday, I like Loyola over Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't go on runs. Loyola does. Uh, I like Purdue to, you know, run Yale out of the gym. I like Villanova to dominate Delaware. These are all the heavy favorites. Uh, and, and Arizona, I think. Arizona laying 21 and a half is going to look like the games today that we saw with Tennessee against Longwood. 88-56, which that was a 314 matchup. That did not look like the 314 matchup that we, you know, that we've that we're seeing. That looked more like a 116 matchup. Um and like Kansas. Kansas who goes who wins 83-56. That's what I think this and, and that's what I think this Arizona game is gonna look like. Arizona's gonna win by 30. So go Wildcats. And hey, for Villanova, go Wildcats as well. Two Wildcats in that uh, in that bracket in that region. We know the Kentucky Wildcats are out, and the Peacocks are in. St. Peter's from Jersey City represent. I'm Scott Satterberg. This is the Look Ahead here on Veasan. The K. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.